0: I 'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> this is I think we could do this every sunday couldn't we? Yeah. okay i could I could preach from the uh, the chair wasn't it one of the prime ministers so the chair or one of the American presidents used to do his fireside chats so uh, here we are where 's the fire? Um, but as you can see by the uh, arrangement uh, this morning, uh, there will be a few other people up here. Uh, just a bit later but just to lay the groundwork uh, and remind ourselves of, of what we've been talking about. We've been looking at this idea that we're all ministers. Who feels like a minister? Who is, it? Who is a minister whether they feel like it or not? Yes there should be a 100% response from that um, and, and we've come to this idea that the harvest field for us as ministers is the community outside of our church and who knows that this, this harvest field is getting increasingly difficult to navigate as it appears to be getting more hostile. And sometimes I think we wish we could do what Jesus suggests in Matthew chapter 10 where in verse 12 he says, uh, where you enter a home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it's not, take back the blessing. Any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet, as you leave. And we'd like to wipe our hands of a lot of the interactions that we have with people who are either apathetic or hostile towards the message of the gospel. But I think we have to remember here that Jesus has spent the, sent the apostles out to a specific demographic. He, in, in verse 5, he's, it says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. And so when we look at what Jesus has instructed the apostles to do there it's actually to do with specific cultural uh, references and cultural practices and habits that they would expect from the Jewish people so it's actually not carte blanche for us to go and uh, knock on people's doors say do you want to hear the gospel and if not sort of get a bag of dust throw it in their face and walk (laughs) off Um, that's not what um, it might be intensely satisfying um, but that's not what we're called to do and uh So what he's saying is that we we actually need to be culturally aware of what's actually going on and we need to make sure that we are actively spreading the good news of the gospel through that cultural lens and that we've got to not take it to heart but that that God is with us as we do it. And we may be tempted to give up at the first sign of negative reaction. Uh, It's an easy thing to do. The idea of being a minister in the first place is scary to most people. The idea that we might meet resistance only doubles down on that fear uh, and so you know we need to be encouraged about whether we come to opposition and and, and God says in verse 16 he says look that there's going to be no issues he says look I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves but beware For you will be handed over to the courts. You will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. Who wants to go home? (laughs) But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. So the idea that your next door neighbour says don't want to know when you knock on the door is slightly different from being handed over to the courts and whipped, much as though you might think it feels that way. So I guess the thing is, knowing that compared to the apostles, we may have it a bit easy. How do we actually navigate this harvest field and how do we... Do the you know, shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves bit. What does it actually look like to trust God with the right words? Now, I'm not sure this couple would claim to have this down pat, but I do know that they're looking to make a difference in their neighbourhood. So I want to find out what their take is in their particular neighbourhood. And so I'm going to inter- I mean, uh, interview them uh, up on the stage. Can you welcome uh, Pete and Juz up here? Now if we got micro- there's one microphone there, have we got an- another one? We can... oh,
1: cool. yeah. I think you need to press the button. Is um is this where we learn about how to be whipped by the courts? Um yeah. well, I'll be the judge of that. All right.
0: <laughs> oh, we could banter like this for hours, but we <laughs> shan't. So before we begin the, uh, the questions, uh, and just tell us a bit about yourself, your, your personal what. Let's put it this way: what you have to do to make a living, and what you're actually passionate about. And if we're really lucky, they might even be the same things.
1: Go on, oh, you it's
2: can give an intersection, I suppose. Um, so
0: this uh, is Justine, by the way. Yeah, That's I'm Pete. Just,
2: Justine, hi, <laughs> right. and, and we are the courts. So if you need to be handed to us, we will. Yeah. we'll whip <laughs> gently. Um, <laughs>
0: Was that, was that just off the cuff, or do you yeah. thought about that one? No, gee whiz, you're rubbing off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he is rubbing off on me, actually. Um, get, I'm getting. First. I know the cure um, for that. Okay.
0: Oh, sorry.
2: Anyhow, okay. So, um, what was the question? <laughs> um, what, what, are you what,
0: do, what do you do? What do you love?
2: Um, I love being silly. Um, So my, I guess, professionally and personally, my passion is people. Um, I have for many years worked in mental health, background in psychology, um, have in the last couple of years decided to branch out and starting up my own practice as a counsellor, which certainly...
0: Mad. Completely mad.
2: Absolutely. She needs help. I I do. (laughs) that's why I'm At so least much. a
0: business card. Yeah. I've
2: got a business oh, card. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we've talked about that. Um, yeah, so people connecting, people helping people to connect with their own lives and what that means for growth, really broadly.
0: Excellent. And you,
1: Pete. Uh, I, I should just point out what Jaz forgot to mention was her passions, which are tea and bicycles that is and plants. Yeah. 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 Not necessarily in that order. Um, But that actually becomes quite important a little later on, I think. Um, My background is I started in communications when I was in high school. I was working in television um, and then into radio and spent many years producing and writing radio and writing television comedy. Um, Then ended up on Life FM, doing a lot of work with them. And then left to uh, finish a PhD in writing and started out writing and now novelist and writer and teaching writing and creativity, teaching communication.
0: Right. D- do you enjoy that?
1: I love it. Right. It's almost like a real job sometimes, but very rarely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So your passion and your purpose of...
1: Uh, they have very definitely mingled, which is which is wonderful. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, OK, then, how, how did you actually come to be living in the... the your current community um he
2: married into
0: it yeah I mean, <laughs> he married into the community
1: well jazz actually built there so the, right. the community in question is lights which is yeah. new <laughs> <laughs> and right growing right and growing and that's why we're looking to move out. Uh, no, uh, it's the neighbours, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, it's, it's a fantastic community. It's brand new, pretty much. I mean, they're still finishing building houses. Um, Juz was one of the first people there, which is what attracted so many people to the neighbourhood. Um, and we, we got married um, over a year and a half ago now, and, and we moved into her place because it was nicer than mine. Um, and so we've both sort of now uh, in Lightview. That's how we came to be in the suburb. Why did you buy there in the first place?
2: Because I could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> Good
1: <laughs> answer. <laughs> <laughs> <Preach> it,
2: <sis. laughs> also, actually, part of that was it was going to be a new house. It was going to be, and again, this will feed into further comments that we'll make. But yeah, it was going to be a new place. It was nice. It was it was precious to me. Um, So that really did, at the time, fuel my moving into Lightsview. And as a single female working in the mental health industry, Mm -hmm. it was actually a very secure little house that I could build. Mm. So I could lock myself in and nobody knew I was there. And, again, that doesn't work for community until you marry someone like him.
0: Uh, (laughs) Do you you think that was that Light's View lends itself to that sort of uh, attitude for people buying houses?
2: Very much so. It's like the perfect storm of it's new, it's precious, it's mine, it's the most expensive thing I'm likely to buy in my life, that whole thing about houses. Um, And yeah, everyone has access to their house sort of from a garage out in the back lane. Nobody meets at the letterbox out the front anymore. Um, There's
1: no back fences to talk over. No. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people live the entire week, month, years without actually seeing the neighbours at all. You come through your back door into the house. In fact, if you walk along some of the parks there that have the fronts onto the parks, the fronts are just ragged weeds with weeds and, and old newspapers because nobody True. goes out the front door. Nobody goes to right. the front door. So everybody's safe and protected in their little boxes. And I think it's a really interesting picture of where we're at. And not just there, but everywhere. I think there's a sense in which COVID particularly has made us yeah. be that self-protecting. And yeah. that's a really horrible place to be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you obviously noticed this this trend in there that, I mean, I guess that it has one of, Two um, mm. outcomes: it either depresses you horribly and you shrink back into your house and even do more. the same, yeah. even more, yeah. or you do something about it. So, what was it you thought you guys could?
1: We bought a bigger do. TV. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> I'm
2: going to give away staff. the big TV. Yeah, <laughs> to no, give <well>, away the big
1: TV. No, the first thing that we did was actually the um, anniversary today of the first thing that we did. What?
2: So, again, I married Mr. Community, um, Mr. Outgoing Community, um, and in my quiet little closed-in home, he says, let's meet the suburb. I okay, go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's linked up with a couple of other people who have a bit of a community focus in Light's View. There's um, suburb web- websites and Facebook pages and so on. Pete's met up with a couple of people there and said, we're going to have an Easter party. So suddenly, we're involved in a suburb wide, there's 5,000 odd houses mm. in Lightsview, and this suburb wide party that was going to start in one park and move to the next park and then onto the third park, allowing everybody to come in, have um, Easter egg hunts, music, face painting, balloon animals, etc. And he pulled it off. Well, not.
1: By myself, not by you know, himself. No. Lots not lots of help, but yeah, a lot. Of, uh, there was a bunch of people who got together. And we had the uh, Easter parties in the parks, right? As, as it was, and that was that was last Easter. But the interesting thing that we found, and in relation to building community afterwards, talking about it, and we all sat down afterwards and had a look at it, and they had tried to do that before. They being the developers, yep. who coincidentally were called Pete. So, so it, got it got confusing, confusing when we talk about so what's Pete doing about this? I'm going, oh, I'm just going nothing. call oh, that Pete, yeah. But the developers had done stuff. They had put on big barbecues, right. they had put on pinks and stuff. And people came out, would go to them and then go back to their, their homes. And we realized that putting on a big thing where everybody could get involved didn't make community. It made an event. Right. So you got to see that there were a lot of people around, and we were probably the ones walking around talking to people and saying, say, hey, you know, welcome and all that sort of stuff. And I met people from around the corner and stuff. But not many other people were. Right. It was just a really fun thing to do in the park. Um, but that doesn't make community. Events don't make community. Right. People have to do that.
0: Yeah. So how, how did things translate from that first event?
1: Well, we decided what we needed to do was go smaller, um, which... And just went. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, so we started. We started doing these things called laneway parties, where because one right. of the things about lights, you as we said, all the all the cars come in the back. So there's behind most of the houses there's laneways. You, you got one behind your place. You got a laneway behind your. And all the houses, just the driveways are there, and only the people who live in those houses use that laneway. Right. So we talked to council and had a bit of a chat with them and told them what we wanted to do. They Said fine, that's a brilliant idea. Block off your laneway and have a party. And this is something to really keep in mind for the future. Councils love that stuff. Yeah. Ah, Councils okay. are actually falling over themselves to give you money to do things for the community. I'm serious. Right. Yeah. And they actually gave us money. They bought us a barbecue. We've got gazebos. We've got tables. All of this stuff that they paid for. Wow. The guy from the council came around for our first street party and bought all these big games like a giant um, Connect Four and all these games That's and the stuff for people yeah. want to play. The council wanted to do it. But nobody had asked them. Right. And the really weird thing is, we said, we want to do this thing, is that okay? And they said, oh my gosh, yes!
0: (laughs) An unexpected uh, reaction. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. So we now have all this... In our, in our... So we went small, but my house. <laughs> <So, yeah. gone. laughs> Great, so, so we now then... no longer have a carport. But anybody in Lightsview who wants to put on a laneway party right. can ask us, and they can have the stuff for free. It's there; yeah. just come and use it.
0: Yeah, as long so... as they store it in their garage next. No, no, we'll deliver <laughs> no? we'll no. it, and we've done it with a couple
1: of parties over Christmas. We delivered right. everything to it; they came and picked it up, whatever. But the point was that we could then go around and knock on the door of everybody, and there were like eighteen. 17 houses houses in our Right. knocked on all their doors and met them face to face and said, hi, we're having a thing, you want to come along and it'll be cool? And half of the people didn't come, Mm -hmm. fine, but half of them did, which is just as well because that's a lot of people otherwise. Yes. But more importantly, we met every single one of them pretty much. Right. And even those that didn't turn up, we now know them and we can stop and wait for them. So it's slowly beginning to happen.
0: Right.
2: And it's all good and well for us to know them, but the idea behind these laneway parties is that they actually get to know each other. Yeah. Because mm. it, it is building that, that sort of micro-community that will then build the larger community of the suburb, the city, and so on.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it then also the really beautiful part of it is then plays into we want to do... We did a Christmas thing as well in the yep. park. I can now go to everybody in the street and knock on their door and say, hey, how are you going? We're doing this thing. You want to come to the Christmas thing where we're going to be doing the Christmas thing? And they'll go, oh, yeah, sure, I know you and I know yep. us. And so it's no longer now an event. It's all of us in the street getting together and going and doing stuff. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, so it's really slow, but it's really microcosmic, and it's all about just knocking on the door and saying hi. Yep. Not throwing dust in their face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind for, for the yeah. next... And so, what, it, it, what I would understand from that is that y- your, your plan is then to, to actually encourage uh, each la- uh, sort of micro laneway parties um, yep. all around the suburb. Yep. Um, yep. Would you tie that into larger effects, events, uh, at points throughout the year as well? It, or it is
1: doesn't have to be, but if it does, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. The idea is basically just to let people get to know each other and right. go do stuff together. And anybody who's been in a suburb, uh, like if your parents particularly have been in the suburb for 30 years, they know everybody and they know everything that's going on. Yeah. And that's that 30 years, you know, that's how long it's going to take for a lot of this stuff to happen. Yeah. So I guess the, you, you, what, what is, the, what is the, the next step is yeah. to not get discouraged.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because right.
1: that's, you know, we've done two of these laneway parties now. I think the last one we sat out there and said, oh, we'll, we'll be there at one o'clock, we'll have the barbie, everybody come, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. So we sat out there by ourselves at the table going, no one's going to come, and we actually already said that. What's the worst that can happen? No one will come, and we'll sit here, and then we'll just pack we'll up and go home. Yeah, We'll eat sausages for a We'll for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if that's the worst that can happen, fine. Yep. Um, but people did turn. Up. People did turn up a little bit later on, yep. and it takes a long time for that. But you've also got to be aware that it's it's going to be discouraging as well. That's cool. Yeah. And overcome that.
0: Well, that's that's a good point. So, okay, here's a trickier a, a, a one. In some ways, as you said, you, your suburb is is a new one. Mm-hmm. And so in, in some ways that's a unique problem in that um, you, you don't necessarily know all your neighbours and it's hard to get to know them. Would, do you have any advice for someone for ha- perhaps who is in an older suburb who actually does know all their neighbours and hates them? I mean, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and wants to do something similar but doesn't have that impetus of, let's get to know them all. Um, is there a strategy that you would uh, take that was different or do you reckon it just works?
2: If I could be so blunt, I'm gonna say get over yourself.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, you can be blunt.
2: It is an...
1: Yeah, you specifically, Chris. This yeah. whole <laughs>
2: process, I mean... Sorry. The way we've described it, I'm blaming Pete for it all. But the reality I'll, is, I'll help.
0: Thanks. Yes. <laughs> it's not yeah, my good It books. is his fault.
2: But I'm the one who sat there going, "Oh heck no, I don't, I don't know that my comfort zone is here." Thank you very much. What do you think you are doing to our life? Yeah. And I had to get over myself. I mean, we have people. Yes, we are door knocking. Only 17 doors. It could be many more. But we're stepping out in a way that is uncomfortable. And that's where we start to break down some of the the beliefs, the ideas, the, um, the misconceptions that keep us from creating community. Mm. And, sure, there are people in those 17 houses who I possibly would never meet for any other reason mm. and have no um, inclination to find a way to become friends with, except that they're now my neighbours... Mm. And I've been told to love my neighbours and this is <laughs> yeah. in a very, very immediate physical sense. And so I have to get over myself.
0: Yeah.
1: The interesting thing on that and what we found knocking on the doors is first of all, it was like, oh, God, they're not here. Thank goodness. we um, <laughs> 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 it in the letterbox. We'll go next door. Every single person we spoke to was really happy about it. Right. We were afraid that people were going to go, oh, you're an idiot. No one was going to. And if you think about it, who the hell's going to? We're putting, you know, Whatever it is, if you say hello to someone, hi, how you doing, nobody's going to go... Oh, oh, oh. They know, they say, oh, I'm good. You know, the worst that they'll do, and this has happened on the occasion, they'll just blank you and walk off, and then you realise, oh, they probably the headphones are up too loud, they didn't hear me. And that happens, but we notice when we're walking in the park that you talk, you know, somebody will be walking towards you with their dog and you say, hi, how you going? Even if they've got the headphones on, they'll go... Oh, hi. People want to be connected. Yes, yeah. yeah. People want community, but they're afraid of it. And it's the one thing that stops community is fear. Yes. We're afraid that someone's going to say something against us or that somebody's going to growl at us Mm. or or that they're not going to throw the tennis ball back over the fence. Whatever it is, we're afraid to make connections. And that's all it is, just fear.
0: Mm. I mean, I I think you both expressed it differently Uh, justine said get over yourself Uh, you said what's the worst that can happen yeah and I think that's 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 what we've got to get over the the whole thing that if something bad happens then woe is us Uh, and if you think about it the worst that happens is somebody said no or you lost a tennis ball um, whatever that is so it's basically just taking that that first step and and being neighborly
1: and also the, the fear thing comes in when somebody says, and this happened, when somebody says, no, no, I can't do that. And we sort of go, oh, okay. And then we say, oh, oh, okay. And they'll say, no, I can't do that. I've got a wedding that day. Oh, oh well, that's all right. That's a <laughs> but <laughs> next time I'd love to be there. And it's right. like, oh, okay. So it wasn't anything I was afraid of. Yeah. It was a genuine thing.
0: Yeah. So it's giving people more than one yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. opportunity, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's good.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: thank you for those insights.
1: Can I the, add one thing? No. Just one thing that I have to add. No, because no. Because oh, whilst you were talking... Sound, <laughs> whilst you were talking, <laughs> sure. something... And, and all of this... And we sit here in church and we're reading from the Bible and we're talking about evangelising and going out and speaking the word and, like you're saying, knocking on people's door and telling them that Jesus loves them and, and why, are you, why are you shuffling me out? Whatever, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And for my time at Life FM, one of the things that I always taught the announcers was... Don't preach, never preach. Live your life and share your life. Right. And let your life do the preaching, just talk. And it occurred to me that out the front of our house, because as Juz moved in fairly early in the piece, Juz has built a garden that, like out the front, the median strip garden is just this massive thing that you can hardly hack your way through. It's an amazing bit of garden there. All the other houses that are fairly new, they've just got a couple of weeds growing in the front. But Juz has never gone to them and said, if you want to get your garden to look like mine, you should do this. She has never done that. But people have asked her, right. how did you get your garden to do that? What can I do with my garden to make that happen? Yeah. And to me, it occurred to me, as you were saying that earlier, that that is the perfect picture mm. of neighbourhood evangelism. Grow the garden, be the garden, and then let people come and ask yeah. you. Yeah. But you've got to know people before they can ask
0: you. That's true, yep. Yeah. Uh, I, in case you want to know, I'm pretty sure the answer is tea leaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's my secret. Okay,
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, everything! Now, um, just, just before we, we finish up, uh, uh, just a bit of a shameless plug here, because I know that, that what you do together isn't the only thing that excites you about community. You have something going on with Life uh, FM at the moment, uh, which I'm um. now going to allow you to plug.
1: Oh, okay. Fact, okay. we actually, I think we have a actually, slide. Um, not with with Life FM as such. Uh, oh. Although eight years ago, when mirror? I was at Life FM, um, they a bunch of people came to us and said we want to do a short story competition to encourage people to tell their stories of faith and testimony. Right. And because I was a writer and I'd won lots of short story stuff, they dobbed me into it and I ended up doing it. And out of that, strange things going, I ended up lecturing in creative writing so um but stories of life is now in its eighth year so this will be the eighth book and it launched on the first of april it's always a good sign (laughs) of course Uh, and what it is 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 an invitation for every single one of you and everybody you know to write a story of faith and testimony maybe something amazing that's happened in your life or has happened in the life of somebody else and it's a story that you've always wanted to tell um, for a lot of people, it be, oh, I should tell that, but I don't mm, oh, I don't really know how to. So what we have done over the years is developed a whole lot of resources. So you can go online to storiesoflife.net, and there's a whole lot of bits there that tell you how to write a story or encourage you to do it. Um, this year, we're actually encouraging people to write biographies, so you could, you could do the story of your dad. Ooh. That would be way cool, wouldn't it? It would. There's a threat for you. But you've maybe never yeah. written a biography and don't know how to do it. Well... Lucky you should ask. Well, I, I know spent, someone. I spent a couple. Of, <laughs> I spent a couple of hours chatting with a guy called Lee Hatcher, who's a journalist and used to be an Adelaide oh, and yeah, he's I a biography writer. And there's three videos from him on how to write biography, so you can go and get it from the master and find out how to do it. So there you go, and you can write your story, and you enter them into that, and they might get published in the book, or you might win money. Um,
0: yes, I notice it says prizes.
1: Who cash prizes? Wow, well, it's not really cash because nobody has cash anymore. But <laughs> a the, equi- of cash. the equivalent. Yeah. yeah, but this, like I said, this is now the the I think seventh or eighth year that we've done this, and um, it's just going bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and more and more people. It's now global. We've never promoted it beyond South Australia, but it is now there are stories coming internationally, which is very cool. And I think the stories 2016, the a chicken can make a difference. That particular book there. The stories actually got read out by some of the people on the radio and you may have heard them on Life FM the stories read. They don't do that anymore because they got busy. Um, but one of them one of the stories was being read out on the radio and this guy phoned up and said I want to buy a dozen copies of the book for my staff. And that was Stephen Marshall. Oh, ah, so there <laughs> you go. And it's amazing just how these stories they go out and they have an impact. They form their own little community. Yeah. Excellent. So I would encourage everybody to write for that. It closes in August, Ju- 31st, yeah, 31st of July. July. Okay. In June, so when you've written your story in June, you can send it in and you can get it checked and and all the the writing professors at at table will have a look at it and tell you, you know, whether it's good, you know, what you might want to do and how you might want to change it and stuff and give you some advice so that this will win if you do this, you know, sort of thing. So so it's called a feedback month, which is something that nobody else does. But yeah, we want really good stories. We want to do everything we can to make them better.
0: That's awesome. See, just another yeah, way yeah. we can connect with people. So, just uh,
1: so so to to see book how launch. many
2: stories. What? And then come to the book launch.
0: Yeah, and then come Community.
1: to the book launch. So, yeah. so, so, about 30 stories from here, that'll be great.
0: Uh, yep. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, give these guys a hand. Thank you guys so much for being involved this morning. Um, I might actually use the pulpit um, for the next bit because my back is killing me. No. Um, Oh, isn't it fun when technology is looking for you? It hasn't found me yet. It's going to give up in a minute and ask me to put a password in. Oh, the lighting must be bad. I'm as handsome as normal. What is <laughs> <coughs> OK, heads will roll. Now, it's... it's it's great to hear just what other people are doing, what their passions are, what, what ideas they've had, uh, how we can do similar things, how we can get involved in uh, explaining our faith by, by a book. I'm not promising anything, <laughs> um, even though Pete seems to assume that I may actually start writing something. Um, but we can all, I mean, we, we can do that, but we can all start small. If that is, is something that you don't want to start on straight away, that you want to have six months to think about it, whatever you want to do, you perhaps want to speak to Pete and Gis. Uh the first thing that we can do as a community is to begin inviting people to our Friday, Good Friday table service. Uh, we've got you know, th- these invitations up the back. Um, you know, it's one of those things I, I think that, that, that Pete said, if, if you knock on somebody's door and give them this, what's the worst that can happen? They don't come. Uh, it's okay. The piece of paper we've given you is free. Uh, we're not charging you for it. So, you know, let's get over ourselves and, and, and invite people along. Uh, because uh, I, I didn't ask Pete if I, could, if I could do this, but sort of I am claiming a bit of an exemption because uh, I think I, I, I am supposed to preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, not at people's doorsteps when I've rung their doorbell, I will admit. Um, but if, uh, if you invite people along on Friday, uh, the, the word of God will be preached. The story of Jesus will be uh, enunciated, elucidated, spoken. Uh, and it will give people insight into you know, the faith that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, I just encourage everybody here to, to bring people along to that. Um, before I finish... I just want to give people an opportunity to actually have a chance to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. We do this every Sunday. Uh, This morning I I want to do something very simple. I want us actually all to pray. So can I ask everyone to stand? If you're online, you can stand or sit. Doesn't matter because I can't tell. You know, we, we need to remind ourselves of where, what our standing is with God uh, all the time. And I think this, this prayer that we ask people to pray when they don't know Jesus is, is a, a good example of actually just checking our hearts and actually speaking out loud sometimes which is buried inside of us and that we, we don't actually tell God often enough. So I, I actually want us to do three things. I want to apologise, I want to request and I want to thank God for what he's done. And so I'm I'm going to pray a short prayer. I ask you to follow along after me as I pray and so that we just actually speak out what our our faith is, what our commitment is to God. Uh, And if you've done this for the first time this morning and and you want extra prayer or to talk about it with me after the service, I'd love to do that. If you're online and you're praying this prayer for the first time, uh, press the raise hand button in the chat and one of our team will talk to you privately about it. But let's all pray together. Dear Lord, I am sorry for my sins, for my unbelief and for my doubt. Right now I ask you to come into my heart and to be my Lord and Saviour. I thank you, Lord, that you accept me as your son or daughter through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.